Welcome everyone to the Friends at Carry On podcast, where we dive deeper into our trips, unpack tips and everything in between. Now sit back, relax and get ready to go on a trip with your favourite group of friends. All right. Hello and welcome to Friends at Carry On podcast. We're a group of uh, friends who like to get together and travel the world and share our experiences trying to create FOMO first in our friends to get them to come with us, but then hopefully inspiring others to travel uh, after they've listened to to some of our adventures. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about Paris. We were actually asked to do a webinar uh, by the TEMA, the Travel Insurance Marketing Association, Travel Industry Marketing Association. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, and anyhow, so, this, so part of this podcast today has already been recorded and we did it. Uh, but there was a lot in the beginning we didn't think you would be interested in. So we wanted to clean that up, let you know um, what those references are when we talk about you know what you got on the screen, that type of stuff. You'll hear some of that during the podcast uh, that we were actually doing a webinar. But anyhow, uh, it's lots of good information. We thought we'd share it while we love it, places we like to go, areas we like to stay whining and dining and all that type of stuff so yeah and we'll be doing uh, a few more they've asked us to participate they uh i don't did they narrow down what we're gonna i think one of them was a bucket list right uh webinar probably next month that we're gonna be doing i believe so yeah um so we'll be doing those we'll probably share those as well as we go absolutely absolutely but we wanted to give a little introduction so you understood the the context of what we're talking about yeah and then again so we'll, we'll probably follow up after that part of the recording and touch back up on some of the other episodes and follow up on some of the information that's in there. So yep. I guess on that note, enjoy the uh, webinar that was recorded for the TEMA Elevate yep. webinar series. All about Paris. Here we go. Good afternoon, everybody. Hello and welcome again to the Elevate webinar series. Nice to see you here this afternoon. Hope you all are having a wonderful week. I want to give everybody a chance to kind of hop on in here and get settled before we get started. Um, right now, I'd like to talk a little bit about what we have coming up. If you haven't registered for the upcoming webinars, as you all know, these are coming up every single day during the week, um, barring a few random things. So we've got a trip on the wild side tomorrow with ecotourism and going into next week, we have a going backstage in Western Europe, which features a lot of overviews on neat places to see in, in, in individual countries, which is great. We've got a wellness webinar next week and uh, a really interesting webinar on Japan uh, outside of this, the common places. So please check out the upcoming webinars at tima.travel and look for that Elevate webinar series. We're gonna take just one more minute here and let everybody get logged in. A uh, few features coming at the end. Please keep an eye out for our bucket list adventures as well as uh, we've got Tahiti in there and our host today will be also coming back again to give us an update on the CARES Act, the PPP and repayment options if that's something that you're working on with your business at the end of the month. So please get registered for those and check them out on the Tima.travel website. We're going to give it one more minute here, let people finish logging in, and we'll get started today. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day again to join in and participate in this Elevate webinar series. Um, I'm recognizing some names of people who've been here before. We're going to be uploading, if you have not already seen it, uh, the recordings of all the previous webinars, as well as the social media packs and information uh, that's the marketing content that you guys get to use for free on the pages on the Elevate Webinar Series site. So if you missed anything or wanna revisit anything, please head out to that page as well to look for past webinars for that information. Uh, with that, I think we're probably going to get started here. Welcome everybody again, and thanks so much for joining us today for the Travel Industry Marketing Association and Travel Show Marketing Group Elevate Webinar Series. I'm Colleen Strimbu, and I'm the president of TEMA, and we welcome today the friends that carry on who will be speaking about Paris. Let's not go about that. Uh, the Elevate Webinar series was created as a mutual investment with TSMG and TEMA to better support an ongoing education, information, and communication experience with travel brands, destinations, travel agents, and influencers. It's also meant to help travel agents and sellers better, better market and promote the locations and the services that are being offered during the, 
during the event. So you probably will be happy to know we provide these marketing materials for every webinar that you register for, uh, including social media posts, text, hashtags, all that good stuff, and a quick email promotion for the webinar topic to use for free. So we'll also include contact information for the friends at Carry On Gentlemen and links to the video if you want to rewatch what you, what you saw today. So all, like I said, all of it's free to use, download, do what you like with it to help promote business. A uh, bit about our host today, we're welcoming the Friends That Carry On, which is a group of friends that started traveling together, creating stories, create an amazing podcast that we would love to tell you a bit more about, and I'm sure Jim will do that once he gets started. The voices of the Friends That Carry On are Jim Scott, Tony Price, and Brian Romine. You probably know them, they've previously done hosting of the CARES Act and PPP programs earlier. So knowledgeable and uh, smart guys who love to travel and we love that about them as well. So as always, it's great to have you guys back. Thank you so much for hosting one of our Elevate topics today about Paris and Jim, I will hand it on over to you. All right, thanks Colleen and Tima and the Travel Show Marketing Group for inviting friends of Carry On to participate in your Elevate uh, webinar series. Uh, we're definitely honored to be part of it. Uh, as Colleen mentioned, my name is Jim Scott and I'm joined here by my fellow friends, Tony Price and Brian Romine. And as she's mentioned, you may have, uh, or our voices may sound familiar, we've done a couple uh, webinars through our sister company called Octave, where we've uh, done some uh, stuff on the PPP and uh, the, the COVID uh, issues. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Friends of Carry On uh, podcast, we're a group of friends that uh, the way we got started, we had planned trips and then put them out there amongst our circle of friends. And anyone who wanted to go and was able to go would join in, maybe for the whole trip or pop in and pop out on certain legs of the trip. Everyone was welcome and still are. And uh, the, the theme was the more the merrier. Our goal was to always create FOMO amongst our friends <clears throat> uh, because the fear of missing out uh, on a great time always inspired everybody else to, to, uh, to join in. So we got a lot more participation that way. Over time, uh, many of our adventures uh, that we've done is like running with the bulls in Pamplona, seeing the Northern Lights uh, in Norway above the Arctic Circle, riding with camels and spending the night in the Sahara Desert in Morocco, going to Oktoberfest in Munich, uh, spending New Year's Eve in Bangkok, and visiting the Angkor, Angkor Wat temples in Cambodia uh, on top of many more adventures. Um, because of that, a small group of us decided to start sharing our stories. First, we did that in blogs. And then we found it was a lot easier and more efficient to sit around and just chat about them. So we decided to record our stories and hence the Friends of Carry On podcast was born. We just recorded our 50th episode and we have over 20,000 followers on social, me social media. So for a few guys from West Virginia, it's been a small success and we hope to continue to grow and more importantly, continue to travel and talk about it. Um, oops. Got carried Went, away. Yeah, <laughs> double click there. Didn't mean to. Um, now, if you would, uh, we've got our website there, friendsofcarryon.com. <clears throat> if able, go to it, and you'll see all our episodes that we have listed. Like I said, we just uh, recorded our fifty, and it'll be fiftieth episode, and it'll be published here uh, in the upcoming week. But you can see all the different places we've gone and, and different things we've talked to. But if you subscribe to it, there's no cost to it, and you'll get sent by email our podcast every week and. Uh, Hope there's a lot of good information that you can use when, when working with your clients and so forth, just to give a, a, a firsthand experience from, from the friends and what we saw and what we experienced. Now, when we're not talking about our own trips, the Friends That Carry On podcast does interviews with people with a love of travel. We have interviewed the Global Gaz, who uh, Rick Garzan, Gar Gazarian, who is on pace to visit every country in the world and document it. Uh, last count, uh, he was near 150 of the 195 countries. Uh, we've interviewed a fraternity brother of ours and legendary relic hunter, the Aqua Chigger, uh, Boa Met, who is a YouTube sensation with well over a million followers. Bo has traveled the world seeking great relics from the past using his metal detector. We also interviewed a friend we met in Pamplona, John Hemingway, uh, who's not only an author, but he's the grandson to Ernest Hemingway. And he shared stories of not only his books and travels, but stories about his famous grandfather. And more recently, we've begun to interview travel industry experts. Uh, travel advisor Tom Carnes from Lamakia Travel and Matt Kundrup from Maddie K Travel have lent their expertise to our listeners. And on our 50th episode, Jen Lee from Travel Planners International gave us her insights on what is going on in the travel industry. And the reason I bring this up 
is we are always looking for travel experts to interview and provide our listeners with good information. So if anyone listening today would have an interest, contact us on our website, friendsatcarryon.com. And as a bonus for signing up for this webin webinar, everyone registered will be entered into a drawing and we'll pick one lucky winner to be interviewed on the Friends of Carry On podcast. As content creators, we've begun working with travel advisors and suppliers to help everyone create more travel sales opportunities. And we'll be providing more details on ways to work with us at the end of the webinar. With all that being said, today's format is going to loosely follow our normal podcast format for how we talk about a city that we have visited. <clears throat> we will do a brief intro into the city, which will be Paris today, and then talk about areas or places to stay, then go into day trips or things to do in and around the city, and then we go into our wine and dine segment discussing great food and drink experiences. At the end, we will open it up to, to Q&A. If some questions come in during so, we'll try to fill them. So who is ready to talk about Paris? I am. Same here. <laughs> cool. Well, let's, uh, guys, let's tell them why we, why we love Paris. Uh, all of us have been there a few times. Uh, Tony's been there the most. So, Tony, why don't you uh, start off and tell us what, uh, what you love about Paris? We only have an hour, though, right? We, we only have an hour. <laughs> Shoot. Um, it's my favorite city in the world, I will say that. And there's numerous reasons why that is. Um, for me, it's a perfect combination of lifestyle as far as the cafe lifestyle being able to sit grab a drink whether it's a coffee cafe glass of wine pretty much on any street and any arrondissement around the entire city um, fabulous food it doesn't matter how small of a hole in a wall place it looks chances are it's good um, the wine is spectacular um, and the culture the museums the the churches, anything that you visually can see is, it's there. Um, I mean, there's just so many reasons, but it definitely is my favorite city in the world. Brian, your thoughts? Yeah, all, all of those reasons, of course, uh, what Tony mentioned there, the cafe uh, lifestyle, being able to just walk pretty much everywhere. The transportation system within Paris, I found really easy to use, mm -hmm. um, very efficient. Um, I love the, the feel of the city. So I've been to New York and Chicago, great cities. Um, Paris, there, there's something about it that, you know, the, the ancient uh, buildings, the, um, the aesthetic of the city, mm -hmm. the, just the feel walking around, it, it, it's relaxing mm -hmm. to me. Um, you know, and I don't want to jump the gun, but the food for sure, <laughs> a, um, uh, the main reason that uh, I really enjoyed it. We were there, you know, most recently back in late 2018 and we had fantastic weather and every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner was outside. And uh, as Tony mentioned, all of the food was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and just, there's really not a lack of anything to do. I could go back 10 more times and I would still not be able to do all of the things that I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Paris is a fantastic city. I'm not uh, ready to declare it my favorite because I don't think I've been to my favorite city. I want to go, you know, a hundred more places and decide what my favorite is, but there's what's not to like. Uh, I mean, you get there and, and, um, and when we were talking on another podcast uh, about bucket lists and how our bucket lists have changed over the years. Uh, originally Paris was, was very high up on it. And obviously we've gone numerous times for, so for good reason, but all the iconic buildings, whether it's Notre Dame or the Eiffel tower, uh, the Trump, uh, the Ark, the Ark of the Trump. Um, I mean, there's just so much stuff. So when you get there, especially if it's your first time, you're, you're kind of in all of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes. then as you, you get past that initial awe of all of these fantastic buildings and locations and, and museums, um, the, the, the street cafe life, which we're going to talk about later, you just settle into that. And, and, and Tony and Brian are both right. The food doesn't matter where you go, you sit down, uh, you're just in for a treat. And, and that's what makes it special. Absolutely. You're talking about just real quickly about going and it was my first, well, it was one of the first cities, but it was the highest on my list of someplace I wanted to visit and never thought I would possibly go back to Europe when I first went. And then having done that and now I think it's been eight times, but one of the most recent trips, we never left Montmartre. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, other than an afternoon to go grab a cocktail outside, but yeah, literally, it's so. a great harvest festival. It was, yeah, yeah. Okay. which we'll get into. But it's just <laughs> kind of funny how you, it changes and how a certain area you could spend an entire week just hanging out and still see a bunch of stuff that's new. So, right, it has everything. Yep, nope, absolutely. So, uh, to stick with our format, we're going to go into areas to stay in pairs, and and obviously with all the different, uh, never say the word right, arrondissements. Arrondissements. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> close enough. I yeah, think you, got you and everyone else knew what I was talking about. Uh, there's obviously lots of places to stay, lots of great places, so it's hard to go wrong. But we're going to start off with probably our favorite area, uh, and that's Montmartre. Uh, Tony, do you sort of want to go into what makes Montmartre special? Um, well, it's definitely a small, it's the, uh, a 17th around this month. So it's kind of towards the North. It's one, it's a far outlying one. Um, but it's the Basilica Osaka Kura, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. is on the picture there. Um, and then just that whole area that's the Butte, um, which, you know, you, you want to wear some walking shoes if you're going to be hanging <laughs> around in that area for the day. Yes. Um, but it, it is, it's one of those things that's really crowded during the day. Um, in the evenings, if you stay there, it, then it becomes more of a truly a locals place. Um, you just don't have the huge crowds because people kind of come in for the day and then head out. Because if you're going to Paris, you know, only for your first couple times, most people are not going to stay in that area. You want to be more down towards where the Notre Dame center of the city. Um, so you don't see a whole lot of people staying up that area. Um, but it's, it's just a crazy eclectic area. I mean, when you say bohemian lifestyle, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, a lot of the artists from the 20s and the 40s and stuff back then were hanging out in that general area too. So there's a lot of cool stuff up on. Yeah, there's there's right there, there's it, it's well with with Soccer Cure as sort of being the center point and, and the highest point in in Paris. When you climb to the top of there, I mean the views are incredible. Absolutely. So the so the pictures you can get of the Eiffel Tower and and the, the city in general are are incredible, especially at night. Um, but soccer cure itself is 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 pretty impressive, and when it's lit up at night, I mean, it's kind of an awestruck type feeling as well. Absolutely. And then just slightly down the hill, uh, to to the side of it, you got a lot of uh, cool little restaurants and all. And depending on which way you go up and down the hill, depends on well, a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you, you definitely want to be on the side of the hill that is in front of soccer cure. Uh, I stayed on the backside and, and, uh, got a lot of steps going up and down the hill. Um, my friends were on the, the front side and that's where, that's where more of the action is. So we were kind of on the dead sides. So if you're looking for a quiet stay, that was great. Yeah. We were close, but I mean, it was straight up the hill and straight up the steps. So be on the front side of soccer cure if you're in that area. But then there is, uh, as you go down the, uh, the hill or the butte or whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's just a ton of, of different places to go. Moulin Rouge is down mm-hmm. in that area. Right. Um, I, and I, I, I can't think of the names of others, but there's a lot of, of mm-hmm. great, great places over there. Yeah, there's actually, we, I know we'll get into a little bit later on things to do, but one of the areas I love up there, um, you know, is the little square, uh, Place de Terre. Um, so there's a lot of, and it's kind of right there near the, the but that's where all the artists hang out um and you know you get your pictures drawn of you and, you know they can get it a little bit pushy but it's still <laughs> awesome just place to hang out and grab wine that's that's the first place we sat down when we got there very first trip so oh, wow. it was just one of those kind of cool corners now i pretty much go every time i'm there and at least have a seat so um but and also one of my favorite little museums is i love salvador dali and his little museum is right there and oh cool it's really cool Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't make that, so I, I need to get that on the list. Uh, so, but yeah, now, and then there's obviously lots of cool little markets. Uh, our one friends are big into cemeteries, which might sound weird, but we we've gotten in the habit of, of going to them because there's some incredible monuments. You learn a lot of history. Uh, but it, even in the Montmartre area, there's a couple of cemeteries mm-hmm. we visit there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pretty cool. Did did Jim actually write a book on the cemeteries or just the subway stops? I, I think he did. Yeah, he's on the on the famous cemeteries of, of Paris. Yeah. So yeah. our one of our friends who's a contributor from time to time, Jim Reed has, and he's also a, a English professor in uh, college in California, has written a couple of books on Paris, uh, one on the subway stops and one on the famous cemeteries there. So uh, shout out to Jim. Yeah. And also a participant on Jeopardy. 
that's, that's true. That's true. And he's also been on Jeopardy. So uh, he knows Alex Trebek uh, personally. So a little insider information with the friends there. That's also the only vineyard too in Paris. Oh, okay. I did yeah. not know that. There's still a small little vineyard right there. We walked the right past it when we stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Now with, uh, and we're going to definitely talk about this uh, later, the uh, harvest, uh, the, wine grape, harvest the wine harvest festival, but do they grow grapes that, that make wine that's in, entered into the festival? I, you know, they're, they're made there. The actual, the vineyard is at the, at the festival and they have a little tent area and, and they do serve it. It's just extremely small. Well, I figure, yeah, I mean, that's really, really yeah, small. That's not so a they do some area. there, but I don't, I don't know if all their grapes are grown there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Okay. All right. Well, that hopefully gives a, a, a decent uh, bit of information on Montmartre. Obviously, there's a lot of other areas in uh, in Paris to go to. Uh, Latin Quarter is someplace I've stayed in, in Saint Germain. Um, guys, do you have any uh, info on some of these other areas? Um, one of my favorite when you get close to that is number four, which is the Marais, um, also known as the Jewish Quarter. So actually, uh, which is on, on the screen right now, um, Notre Dame is technically in the, the fourth arrondissement. Um, and Ile de City, which is right behind Notre Dame, or I guess east of it, I should say. Um, but it is really a, how am I going to say that? It is one of the heartbeats. So you get the Latin Quarter, which you were just talking about, which is on the left bank of the Seine. Mm -hmm. The Marais is on the right bank, kind of on the other side of it. And the shopping, the food, and there's just so many things in the fourth. Um, it's just a great place to hang out. And, and there's certain streets in there that are, are a little bit more quiet. Um, so it was one of those things. I remember when we went the one time, we, we rented apartments um, since we were going to be there for an extended period of time. And two different groups of us, and we ended up walking to our spots. We were right across the street from each other. <laughs> Could literally yell at each other across the window. It was pretty funny. So, but it's a great area. That's one of my favorite spots, other than the two that you mentioned. Right, right. What about you, Brown? Where yeah. Uh, well, we stayed in Montmartre okay. when we were there. And, and so I've only been once, and uh, you know, I fell in love with the city. We, it was just a wonderful week. Uh, so our, our experience was really hitting the museums and the, uh, the churches and taking a, a day trip out of the city, the restaurants. So uh, we didn't spend much time in the Latin Quarter. I mean, we, we went to visit Notre Dame when we were there. I think we were there about a year before it unfortunately burned down. Um, and uh, how did you pronounce it, Tony? Ile de City? Ile de City, yeah. Yeah, we, we found a wonderful, and this is just one of the beautiful things about just wandering around in Paris, even if you don't know where you are. You're, you're not going to have any trouble finding really cool places. Mm. We, we ended up, it was on Ile de City, uh, back in some sort of a cul-de-sac type of area um, where it just kind of wrapped around a circle. We found a little restaurant that was in between a few row homes, sat down outside, had dinner. There were people playing bocce ball in kind of a little park setting mm -hmm. out in front. Uh, not many people around, but just right in the heart of the city. And it, it was just a great experience. We mm -hmm. must have stayed there for three hours yeah. just hanging out. Uh, so I it's don't easy to do when you're drinking two euro wine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. But uh, we, you know, I don't remember the name of the restaurant, and that's the case with many of the places that I went to. Mm -hmm. I, I can remember a few. I'll, I'll mention those a little bit later. But um, that that was what I remembered about the uh, um, I guess this arrondissement, the yeah. fourth fourth arrondissement. Yeah, as far well, Latin Quarter is fifth, right? Is it, well, that's okay. the Latin Quarter. Is the fifth. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, that's the only areas that we've stayed. Uh, I mean, we've obviously visited most of the arrondissements, but that's the only three that I've actually stayed in. Yeah, and I stayed in the Latin Quarter the very first time I, I went, which was two thousand seven. Uh, stayed there, and uh, so I guess uh, Notre Dame's not. Uh, in the Latin Quarter, technically, it's close enough that you can get there, Absolutely. and lots of cool little restaurants. Our, our buddy Terry Hall, who who led me on that trip, and he's also a contributor uh, to the Friends podcast. Uh, he has a little uh, Greek place that he loves uh, right there in the mm -hmm. Latin Quarter. Uh, just lots of good little restaurants, and I had a similar experience as to Brian. Uh, our first night there, we were heading back to uh, to our hotel, and. Uh, me and, and uh, one friend, Garrett Yank, uh, weren't quite ready to go in. 
and just wandered it up. Seems the, to happen with this the, group quite often. <laughs> up the block, and I mean, we didn't know if anything was up there. We, I mean, it's dark and just, and it's kind of an alley-like situation. I mean, we didn't feel unsafe or anything. And we found, you know, we got to the top of a little hill, and there was several little cafes, and we're able to get uh, an adult beverage, and and end up sitting there probably a couple hours also, just because it's laid back, nobody's pressuring you, and just just really enjoyed the evening. It was really quiet and it was nice. So that's that's one of the little beauties of, of Paris. So and and the no pressure that that was the exact experience that we had when we were there. The people were so nice to us. Mm-hmm. We didn't have one bad experience. Mm-hmm. It was right. it was and, really incredible. And as Americans, uh just by nature, not necessarily a negative thing, but we're always assuming just because of our dining experiences and so forth, it's get in, get out, get the next seat going. Whereas over there, and this is more or less for all of Europe, uh, Paris included, it's just really, you know, you take your time, you're there as long as you want. And, and uh, I mean, the service comes slower, but that's just because of the way they do things. So it's, it's not a bad thing. That's not an indictment of the service. It's just a different pace, and it, but it's nice. It's, it's, it's welcome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, uh, uh, that gives us a little flavor on places to stay in Paris. Let's uh, talk about day tripping in Paris. I mean, there's tons of stuff to do. We've kind of touched on that already. Um, but let's just talk about, about things to do with, within the city. What, uh, Brian, what are some, uh, some of the things that you, you did and, and liked and stood out when, when you made your trip to Paris? Well, everything you see on the screen, we did everything but two of those. And, and so this was in our first, we were there for eight days. Um, the, uh, the Eiffel Tower, of course, you, you have to do that. Um, we went right at, uh, right at dusk and we got, we got some wonderful pictures and we went up in the Eiffel Tower right as it was turning dark and we were probably up there for about an hour and just the, the, <laughs> the different photographs that we have, I was looking through some of those before the pod, this, uh, or before this podcast today. Um, and the transition from sunny to dusk to mm-hmm. um, to nighttime and the lights start to come on. And I have this whole series of probably, I took way too many pictures, probably a hundred or so <laughs> pictures, but um, that I would definitely recommend going at that time. Um, uh, St. Chapelle, the chapel, mm-hmm. that awesome. was it really is. impressive. Um, the photos, I've printed several of those off. Those, uh, it's, I don't know if I can really describe it. Just uh, colorful, soothing. Um, yeah, the stained glass. The stained glass mm-hmm. is, yeah. is just really incredible. And of course, Notre Dame. Um, we, we spent probably three hours in Notre Dame just walking through and, and looking through the history and looking at the architecture and the um, all of the different sculptures and it was, yeah, the, those, did those you go to the, the top. We did not make it to the top in Notre Dame and, and we spent three hours in there. <laughs> so that'll just give you some sense of, of, uh, what that's like. And, and we haven't been back since, uh, since the fire. Uh, but I don't even know at this point, are they allowing anyone in? I, I don't think anybody so. know. No, yeah. not at this point. I've, I've been to the top of Notre Dame twice all 387 steps um, <laughs> but who's counting no <laughs> <laughs> but it is and it was one of those surreal moments and i will say this if hopefully we'll get the chance to do that again um when they redo it um but it was truly surreal when we came out of the, like this, you know one of the spiral old stone staircases going up the tower and as soon as we got out and we're starting to walk across the little walkway there the bells went off. Oh, wow. And that was like one of those things, and you just kind of got chills. You know, like I'm literally standing on top of Notre Dame while the bells are going off. Did that Quasimodo show himself? Yeah, he he (laughs) took a selfie with me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, one of my favorite pictures I have is from the top of there looking out over the city. It was pretty cool. Nice, nice. Well, I've got an interesting Eiffel Tower story. Uh, The first time we were there in 2007, the elevators weren't working, so you couldn't really go up at the time uh but they did serve beer underneath there mm-hmm. so uh we were with a few of the friends <laughs> i've already described and so we're enjoying it's the you know watch, watching people walk by we're obviously underneath looking up and, and couldn't get up to the to the top or anything to get the great views <clears throat> so we're having a good time doing that and then there's a chinese 
camera crew that comes through. Uh, you know, the big like TV camera type thing. And they were filming a Chinese documentary. So they pulled me to the side and started interviewing me on uh, politics in the U.S. and and globally and all this stuff. And I, I don't know what I exactly said. I started spouting stuff off and they were probably like, oh man, we asked the wrong person. And I just rambled on probably for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And my buddies are over there looking at me like, what the heck's he doing? And so I, I, somewhere oh, on I Chinese would, TV, I, I have, uh, you know, some kind of small celebrity. But uh. What I would give to have a copy of that interview. <laughs> wow, we, we should try to find that and yeah, put that yeah, up on the website. Well, I, I, they didn't take my name, so you won't be able to Google me. So I think I'm safe. I will say one thing, just looking at the list there that you have up there, the, the Louvre was wonderful, but uh, definitely don't underestimate the other museums in Paris. Mm -hmm. The D'Orsay was an incredible museum. It's just a totally different feel. I do them all, of course. The Louvre was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but the the architecture in the D'Orsay and the mm -hmm. feel that you get in there, again, it goes back to that just, you know, you're in an old, that's, that's the old train station yep. museum and uh, just a really incredible place to go. So the, the Louvre, you hear quite a bit about, but many of the others, you don't and yeah the, it's important to get out and see those the timing too because you go into the louvre and that, and that's the case with some of these big ones so i mean again it's one of those things if you're only going to go to paris once of course you want to see the iconic things and it's it's like standing in line for the best roller coaster right sometimes you're gonna have to suck it up and do right. it but you know it's not for the faint of heart the louvre is typically packed to the gills i mean it's but there are the small museums are just spectacular and many of them are free too um right the um the petite palais museum is fantastic the ron Rondry, right uh that's at the end of the tuileries near the arc de triomphe mm -hmm. um that's a spectacular little museum too so there's there's some great ones out there um and i would say you know again we, we're talking about tripping through paris and again talk about the iconic things but you know people will go for a, a multitude of reasons and i think if you want to get off the beaten path a little bit, there's a lot of cool little things like that that you can see um, that you can probably see a lot more of because you don't have near the crowds, but there's some great, great museums. Like I was talking about the Dolly Museum. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had no lines. There was probably 25 people in the whole thing the entire time we were in there. So there's some great ones. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, and even uh, walking from to and fro places, I know uh, and it was good to have Jim Reed who's been to Paris I don't know how many times and, and knows it like the back of his hand so we're heading over to the Eiffel Tower and uh, but we, we got off a few uh, metro stops early just to sort of get a flavor for the city which which ended up being a nice little uh, on our own walking tour and, and there was a couple chapels that we were able to walk in and, mm -hmm. and get a flavor for them stopped in a place that makes macarons it's famous for for, for their French macarons uh, another place that had uh, been serving mustard uh, jars on there, especially as jars of mustard, been serving it since the 1700s, and it was incredible. So, so those kind of little things that uh, certainly don't make the uh, most list uh, make it really enjoyable to, mm -hmm. to get around Paris and so forth. Another really good one in small museum is, I should say it's small, but it's not as famous as some of them, but it's the Rodin Museum, which is, mm. yeah. the, the garden, which is where most of the big statues are. Mm -hmm. um, that's really awesome. Yeah. And you can actually, you know, get some food and go to the back and just hang out. And it's kind of cool to sit back there and relax on some chairs and eat food and look around the, the museum. It's kind of wild. Right. We, we did that. Did you guys day. do that too? We did. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. It was, it was a wonderful midday kind mm -hmm. of a, a rest the feet. Um, yeah. There's also a great little cafe just right outside of that that has some good wine too. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> Sounds like wine might be uh, you know, part of your daily diet. If I'm, I'm counting. That's the fourth time Tony's mentioned wine. I can so mention it five times. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you will. Very simple. All right. Well, and obviously strolling the sign and, and just, I mean, there's just so many things to do within within the city. And, and we haven't even touched on, on a lot of them. Mm -hmm. and, and we could take up the whole, whole thing there. Obviously, uh, we mentioned the Louvre and, and the picture there has the iconic pyramid by I.E. Pi P. How do you say his last name? 
which caused a lot of controversy. And, and if you're strolling through there, obviously a, a big glass pyramid in amongst these uh, 1700 uh, structures of, of uh, marble and so forth uh, is really a stark difference, but, uh, but it's become an icon all itself too. So it, uh, it's just, it's just cool. It's just one of those things that, yeah. that now you need to see. I will say something and I probably shouldn't share too many secrets, right? Cause then they become not secrets, but <laughs> what's really cool is catching the Arc de Triomphe. If you want to go to the top, um, towards when they close at night. So around the nine o'clock range. And then you get to see the, the sparkle sparkle of the Eiffel tower mm -hmm. from on top. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So just from a timing standpoint, it's a good right. time to visit. And it's typically not super crowded at that time. So. Right. Cool. All right. Well, that uh, should give everybody a flavor of some day tripping in Paris. So now what are some day trips you can do going outside of Paris? Um, the one we got up on the screen is going to Normandy, which was, uh, for me was real important, something I really look forward to. And, and it's probably one of the most powerful day trips or anything that I've, I've ever done. Um, I, I know Tony's been, um, and, and you can, it's, it's a fairly easy trip. You can catch the train right in downtown Paris and head out, uh, it's what about a, I want to say, was it two or three hour train ride out there? Uh, it's like three hours. Three hours. That's what I was thinking. And then from there, depending on the, the tour you get set up, you get picked up and uh, drive about another half hour from that train station out to the beaches and can have half day or full day tours, depending on what you sign up for. But going to Omaha Beach and uh, Utah Beach and uh, the American Cemetery, just lots of, of good stuff. Um, yeah, so I, you know, this is one after hearing you all talk about your trip to Normandy that I'm, I'm really, I, I suppose I have a bit of FOMO about. Um, I've not been there and the experiences that you all had talked about, um, for certain that's very high on the list, if not the top of the list, the next time that we, we go to Paris uh, is to make that trip. Um, who was it? Was it, was it Walt that had the funny story about his experience in getting there? And and all, and getting stuck. Oh, that was that me. was Tony. Was that Tony? Tony? Eric. That was you <laughs> yeah. uh, on the first time up there. Yeah, maybe, maybe a what not to do or what well, how not to. Do. I, Although it turned out, it turned out fantastic, turned out and it, it is probably worth just a quick share. The um, just again, this was one of the things I say we always talk about when you travel is you just can't fret things because you just don't know what's going to happen. And we had that that plan. We were, I think, we, I forget which train. I don't know if it was Leon, uh, whatever train station we were heading out of. Um, we got lost. <laughs> right and missed our train and we were meeting our tour guides in, in, up in Bayou mm -hmm. and so what do you do so we were like okay let's just go ahead and go maybe we'll catch up to them really right so we did we, we just then we took, grabbed a cab had them just drop us off and if you've never been there the beaches are pretty big it's not like well, yeah, I mean, just to describe it, one, it's a half-hour drive from the, the train station itself, but then this is all backcountry type right. stuff, and, and the distance between Omaha Beach and Utah Beach is seven miles, yeah. just between the two beaches. So, so we, we just said, hey, drop us off. So he dropped us off near the, where the little uh, museum and, and visitor center is. Mm -hmm. So we just walked. We just start walking around, had no idea where we were going, and... <laughs> kind of snuck in on the tail end of some trips or some tours and just kind of and just wandered around. And that's all we wandered around and got to see the cemetery and everything. And then we realized it was closing time. And again, because it's not like in town, there's no cab stands. There's no place to, I'm like, how the hell are we going to get home? How are we getting back to the train station? <laughs> so I walked into the visitor center and in my not so good French, um, got a hold of somebody and then just tell him the story. And was like, what can I do? And the, the one guy stood up and said, um, are you just going back to the train station? I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you, do you have bags? I was like, no, just our camera and stuff. He goes, I live on the other side of the bay. I'll give you a ride. We are like, seriously? It's like, awesome. And so he's like, sit outside and wait and I'll be buying a golf cart to pick you up. So I go out and tell Eric and Shelly with, you know, my wife and friend that was with us. And they're just looking at me like, what? You're going to count on this guy to come by and pick us up. <laughs> well, the next thing you know, the people that I was talking to comes out and they're like, Oh, yeah, Tony. See, like, and they're like, how long were you in there? I was like, I don't know. Just a few minutes. But anyway, the guy comes by and picks us up on, a cat or on, a, on the, the uh, golf cart. And of course, he takes us through the back sections of 
you know, the, the, the grounds, you know, it was just awesome to see. And then we get in his little car, which is, I can see why he didn't want us to have bags because we wouldn't fit. And, but he takes us on one of the best tours through the countryside and showing us all of these things of history. Cause you know, he's a tour guide. So that's what he does. And it was just fantastic. And he actually took us through Bay of Toast a couple of places to mention again, where to get wine for the train right back, um, <laughs> which is very some good cheese and everything. But yeah, it was just kind of one of those things that it, it started off terrible because felt guilty sitting in a McDonald's to try to figure out <laughs> right by the train station, how we we're going to get back up there and catch it to getting in that kind of a tour at the end. It was one of those things, again, don't fret it to right. keep going. Yep. Good things happen. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's a, that's a lesson for any travel, no matter where you're at. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Just keep going with the flow. But Normandy, I don't think we can recommend it more. I mean, going through that cemetery and on those beaches and, and knowing the history, I mean, it really, it really sinks in your soul. So I, I, I can't uh, tell you how, how good a trip that would be if that, if you're inclined to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> Another day trip outside of Paris, about a half hour trip outside of Paris is the Palace of Versailles. Now, Brian, I know you all did a fairly extensive tour there. What, uh, what were some of your thoughts? Yeah. So, uh, way bigger than I had even been, it had been described to me. So just approaching the palace was for me incredible. I'd never seen a structure so large, um, it, long lines. Um, so get your tickets ahead of time. Um, you can buy them online and, and just have them ready. We bypassed, uh, what was probably a two hour wait by having our tickets ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, we did not use a tour guide at all. We just, we just kind of meandered through ourselves. And, uh, but we were hungry when we got there. The first thing we did, we went to the uh, restaurant Angelina, which is within the palace on the first floor of the palace of Versailles. And uh, it's just kind of like a, a kind of a tea room type of restaurant where they offer, you know, kind of sweet, savory types of dishes. It was wonderful. Um, we had a we had a great view overlooking the gardens. Oh, cool! Um, and the the food, the service, the people were great. So it was it was a really good way to start that. Um, and then we just we just meandered through um, all of the different rooms, you know, taking pictures. Got to see all the major parts, the Hall of Mirrors, the you know. But my favorite part uh, was once we got outside, mm -hmm. you know, out into the gardens. You know, it's like thirty thousand acres. Small. It's small. And yeah. It's very small. Typical so, backyard. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, it took us about 15 minutes to cover it all. So, um, <laughs> no, we, we, you can get lost, uh, for sure. And, you know, we had lunch and champagne sitting on the, uh, I mean, you can see it in the, the picture there on the top, right. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, what is that? What do they call those? It's not a canal. It's just the lakes that mm -hmm. kind of the man-made built lakes and there's places to get food champagne sit out on blankets mm -hmm. hang out and then from there we we wandered over to uh the uh the the hamlet yeah area and that was that may have been my favorite part um wandering back through the the farmette that marie antoinette had mm -hmm. built and all of the little farmhouses and the way they were all put together it was just it was really beautiful um really well maintained you couldn't go inside um, but the, you know, the pictures, we, we got to go through a few small caves that, you know, it's just the paths that you kind of go through to get over there. Um, it, it didn't hurt that it was a 70 degree day and sunny with a little bit of a breeze. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we, we spent probably eight to 10 hours nice. um, on the entire yeah. day. It was wonderful. Did you guys go to the Petit Trinon and the Grand Trinon? Well, the, uh, the Grand was closed. Okay. We were able to go into the Petit but uh, so we never got to do that one. Yeah, it's pretty but cool we, too. yeah, we were, we were over that direction as well. Yeah. No, that, that sounds fantastic. I, I, I've strolled the grounds and loved it, but I never got over to the Hamlets and you all have a, a large picture posted here. And I never realized that that little Hamlet was part of Versailles. So next time I need to get, get back to that area. Yeah. Well, speaking of which we talked about the next time I go over, we're probably going to spend two or three days in that general area and just kind of really explore and also just explore the little area with well, the whole right. town, the city. They named the whole town now. Yeah, it's not just, yeah, the whole thing is for Sai now. Right. Nice. It's definitely worth it. Okay. Another good place that I haven't been to that's on the list though is uh, Mont Saint-Michel. So mm -hmm. I do want to get out there. That's a good solid day. So right. can't obviously speak to it, but it's one of those right. things that 
right? Heard a lot of good things about it. So. And I know our buddies, Terry Hall and Lee Lucas went to Lyon and uh, did sort of the, the uh, who's the famous chef there that they went to Bacuse. his restaurant. yes. Yeah. So. That's not a day trip. Though. Well, <laughs> something <laughs> as they did outside of Paris. Trip. Yeah. Day trip. Anyhow, okay, so that sort of gets you a, a flavor of some things you can do outside of Paris. We're now going to transition into whining and dining. And uh, I, we've already mentioned numerous times about uh, wine itself and, and the great food and, and so forth. But I think probably our, without any specific restaurant in mind, our favorite thing, and, and y'all can correct me if, if y'all don't agree with this, is but it's the street cafe life. I mean, there, there's tons of them everywhere. And wherever you sit down, <clears throat> you, whatever you're looking for, whether it's a meal or a coffee or an adult beverage, sit back, people watch, and, and just really soak in the vibes of Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on, on, on that, guys? Well, again, it's one of my favorite things. Um, there's a couple of really cool places, again, just kind of getting off the beaten path. There's a lot of, you know, Michelin stars floating around, but, you know, we tend to not go to the super right. expensive other maybe once or twice. But one of our favorite places uh, is Robert and Louis. Mm-hmm. Robert Louise, um, steakhouse, just, it's not like a traditional American steakhouse, no. right? They have the open pit and it's community style seating right there. If you want, and you get to sit right at the picnic table, which I think is where we've sat every time and literally can watch them cook it on the wonderful seasoned grill. That's right there. Um, and then as far as grabbing a drink is Le Baron Rouge. Mm-hmm. That's the locals kind of a wine mm-hmm. hangout. Um, not very big, but you can bring in your own bottle and right. fill it up. So nice. it's kind of wild. <laughs> Gotta like that. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, the whole overall lifestyle is just spectacular. Yeah. Now one place I know Terry always likes to take uh, people, especially on their first trip is uh, that Leon's muscles, Leon's muscles, yeah. which is kind of funny because it's, you know, it's not really Parisian, but no, but, <laughs> but it is there. And, and uh, I know the one I went to is on the, the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. And uh, it's good too. Yeah, it, so they it, do. It, they have good. There's several of them out throughout right, there. Right. Um, but yeah, that's one of his favorite little things to do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, to me, it is struck as as Parisian, just because right. that's where I first experienced it. Yeah. So, um, any other uh, uh, restaurants and so forth that you want to share with our fellows today? Yeah, I, I, um, the one of my favorites was La Procope. Oh yeah, and uh, that one is—it's uh, supposedly the oldest cafe yep. in Paris. It was maybe the first cafe that actually served coffee out of a ceramic mug. No, and um, and we had heard about it, and as we were walking around, I think it's in the sixth mm-hmm. arrondissement, and uh, we were just walking down an alley, and we came upon it. And we, we had planned to go there. So we, we decided, well, it was about four o'clock, so um, it might get busy. So let's just go ahead and sit down. And, and uh, they had some seating outside in the alley, which was just the perfect setting. Um, you know, the cobblestone streets and uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the stone buildings and uh, probably four or five tables outside that we, we got one of them. There was nobody else there. Within about 15 minutes, they were all full. Um, we stayed there for probably three and a half hours. <laughs> and what I didn't realize is that until about two hours in, I, I went inside to the restroom and it's incredibly big. Right. I had no idea. We were just in this little tiny alley. I thought that, that you just walk in and it was just this little room, but um, it, you know, it, we didn't even come in the front door. So I had no idea about that either, but the food was wonderful. The, the setting was, was great. Lots of really good choices. And uh, that, that was a great experience. That was my favorite dining experience on our first trip to Paris. And I think what you said about not realizing how big the restaurant is inside on the picture there on the right, where you see several uh, of our friends uh, sitting there, we didn't same thing until we went to the restroom. We just thought it was just, you know, a little bit inside you go inside and they got all this ornate gold and, and mm-hmm. stuff all over the, the place and just really, a fine dining restaurant and you know of course we're just out at the little tables outside mm-hmm. and, and don't realize what you're actually sitting at so it's that happens a lot so it, it's kind of neat um another thing again it's not even a restaurant but one of the th- favorite things we like to do that kind of combines food and drink i guess is uh back up in montmartre is sitting on the steps of soccer mm-hmm. um you know 
you can literally go down to one of the little markets, get a bottle of wine. How many times, how many times I mentioned that? You're at nine. Okay. Now. Um, but yeah, you can get your two, three euro bottle of wine, grab a little bit of food, some cheese and go sit on the steps and view the city and hang out. And it's kind of a crowd thing to do. Yeah. Again, great views from there. Mm -hmm. It's really incredible. And, and this is on a different note, but um, if you've listened to our podcast, uh, you know that we're, we're from West Virginia. And one of the things of about soccer cure, you get a lot of people that play music and that type of stuff and crowds are, are there <laughs> throughout the day. And it's very common, no matter where we are in the world, that somebody starts singing country roads or mm -hmm. almost have in West Virginia. So uh, <clears throat> even though it's not in this presentation, we do have a video of one of our buddies, Eric Fargo, <laughs> going down and joining the guy that was singing and playing the guitar and, and leading uh, everybody in a verse of that. So that's pretty funny. Uh, it seems to happen everywhere. <laughs> well, speaking of, of Montmartre, um, another, and we mentioned the Great Harvest Festival earlier, but this goes along with, with great food and, and wine and the atmosphere Tony was just talking about at, Mont at uh, Soccer Cure on the steps. Uh, but the Great Harvest Festival, and Tony, you've been at least once, maybe a couple times. Yeah, we were supposed to go we're again supposed, this year. Yeah, we're supposed to go this year. So it's like that's not happening. But but I mean, uh, describe the festival. Apparently, it's an incredible uh, thing up there with all kinds of tents of food and wines and cheeses and and whatever you can think of there, and and everybody going to the steps and enjoying it. Yeah. So the steps wind in front of Sakakur, uh, kind of where those steps are. I'm sorry, the the streets wind there. And then right kind of where the vernicular that takes you up drops off is where they start. And the whole street's just kind of lined with little tents, um, you know, little stalls of, of various foods and various wines and champagnes. And it's, it's throughout the whole area up there. Um, so you can just meander around. I think it starts on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, it usually goes Wednesday to Sunday. Obviously, Saturday and Sunday is extremely crowded. But October um, 7th through 11th this year, hopefully, yeah. if they have it. Yeah, I don't think that's happened. Yeah. Well, they may have it. But I don't know if we're going to be allowed to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you specifically. But, yeah. Um, but the food is just ridiculous. Again, you can't even walk around and, and again, do what you do at any kind of festival, right? Eat right. And drink and watch things. And be merry. Be merry. Yeah. So if you're ever able to be in Paris in the early October time frame, this is a great festival to go to or maybe even plan a trip around. Uh, or plan a trip for your your clients to to take this in as well because it gives you a really good feel of the local food and and a good feel for for Montmartre. Yeah, the other, one, another unique thing that they've done is there's usually kind of a guest country, um, and they'll have an area like a little tent area up towards the top where they'll um, show the wines from that particular guest. Um, I think they had Brazil the one time and wow. yeah, so they're not a big thing, but just something there's typically somebody that's, that kind of sticks out. And right. It's just kind of a unique thing that they do. Neat. Neat. Yeah. Well, I know Terry's gone numerous times and, and always brings new people back to it. And, and it, I think it's pretty much a, a regular trip for him every year. So uh, we can't recommend it uh, more. And uh, if you're able to go and, and take that in, it's, it's, uh, it's a real fun day. Well, obviously, we could talk a lot more on Paris. <clears throat> we're getting close to the end of our time, so we're going to uh, wrap up on talking about Paris. I don't know if there's any questions and answers uh, or questions out there that we can answer, uh, but we're happy to do so. Uh, we didn't really have too many come in during the, the thing. Looks like we do have a question. Uh, oh, there's a good question. <clears throat> Would you recommend Montmartre for families or just adults? Both. both. Yeah. Absolutely for both. Yeah. I would say the holiday weekends. I was also there with um, two older kids over Easter weekend and which you can imagine traveling to Europe on any Easter weekend is out of control, but it gets really, really crowded. So depending on the age of the kids, um, mm -hmm. that would make it a little bit more difficult because of the, you know, just the overall crowds. But yeah, absolutely. It's for everybody. Yeah, definitely family friendly. Just keep in mind, it is hilly. So if you've got Strollers. Young kids, you, you're either going to want strollers or just keep that in mind. Uh, just from wearing out standpoint, doesn't mean uh, kids aren't welcome. But, but yeah, no, it's definitely very family friendly. Okay, well, um, obviously we'll take any other questions that come in here for another minute or two. Uh, while we're doing that, uh, who wants to be interviewed by uh, friends that carry on? 
who wants to come on, talk about their travel experiences. If you are a travel advisor, want to talk about your special deals or stuff you got going on there, uh, we are happy to, uh, to do that. And we are going to be, uh, as a special today, all the people that signed up for the webinar, we're going to be choosing um, somebody to be interviewed. So hopefully, uh, if you get picked, you're, you've got uh, your talking voice on and, and ready to go for about 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> Don't don't want to scare anybody no, off no with pressure, that. No pressure though. So. We, we can keep people going. <laughs> That's right. We 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 can ramble just fine for everybody. <laughs> but we've had a lot of success that with a couple other travel advisors, and uh, and obviously you can take it and share it to your social medias and that type of stuff. And and uh, we've got a pretty good audience as well. So <clears throat> it's a good way to get your message out there. Um, hey Jim, one of the things that came in on the chat was, uh, what about going to? Giverny or, or Mont Saint Michel um, for for day trips. Yeah, Saint Michel was the one that I, I mentioned. Um, love to. I haven't actually gotten to go yet. Um, it's on the list. Um, yeah, so I can speak to it, but it's it's definitely one of the top things. I know that a lot of people do as as far as a day trip outside the city. Mm -hmm. right, right, just something that popped in there. That's great. That's great. Well, I think do you want to leave us open just for a bit more. Um, for questions here, Jim, what do you think? Well, another question just came in. I'm going to read it, uh, or maybe it's already come in. Never mind. Uh, that's <laughs> one I asked. I just didn't. You want to answer it again? Nope, I think we got it. Leave it open for a second or two. Um, as we do that, um, let me um, got too many things going on here. Once trying to, to push all the controls. Um, but uh, Friends of Carry On uh, does, as we're obviously in the travel industry, not only as a podcast and content creator, uh, but we also have our uh, Octave, which, which does some uh, consulting. But from the Friends of Carry On standpoint, we are collaborating with travel advisors like you all. So uh, ways to, to partner can be uh, itineraries that we can help with, product review, uh, blog post, uh, video and live event hosting social media campaigns, you can advertise on our website or the podcast itself. So lots of ways that we can help you get the word out or help craft your message to your clients by using our own personal firsthand experiences uh, at the different locations. And uh, we've been to certainly not everywhere. We want to go to a lot more places, but uh, we, we do got a, a fairly extensive background around the world. So uh, so there's definitely ways to, to, to work with us there. You can go to our website, friendsofcarryon.com or email us at friendsofcarryon at gmail.com. So I don't see any more questions, Colleen, so. Yeah, that's all great. I do want to point out, you guys can tell from listening to, to the guys here that they're very entertaining, very informative. Please follow them and check out their podcast, Friends Carry On, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's everywhere, and it's really entertaining and fun. So we invite you to do that. There's gonna be some fun things going on with that going into the fall. So keep an eye out on that. Thanks as always, gentlemen. It's always so great to have you on and very entertaining and enjoyable to, to listen to. So I appreciate that. I want to thank everybody else who joined us today for the webinar and know that you'll be able to rewatch this on tima.travel and you're going to be receiving an email with the link as well as social media packs on Paris. So keep an eye out for the marketing email. As I mentioned at the beginning, the Elevated Series is a daily event. So we've got more destinations, more riders, more brands from around the world. So check out next week's lineup. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you, some of you, for the ecotourism adventure tomorrow. But get registered as soon as you can so we can keep you up to date on those emails. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Tony, as always, for your time today. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Have a wonderful rest of your day and a great weekend. Thank you, Colleen. Thank Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow, that was amazing. Wow. <laughs> what did you think of that, Eric? I thought it was great. That was. It was spectacular. <laughs> that was a lot of good information, guys. It was. You guys are brilliant. <laughs> but on a serious note, that was actually pretty good. I mean, it, again, we talked about We could talk about Paris for hours. Absolutely. And we only had 45 minutes or so. Right. We were limited 45 minutes in a Q&A period. So uh, so we did what we could, We got, a, but we'd still got a lot of great information in. Yeah. And then, uh, so real quick, though, if you go to the the website. The website, friendsofcarryon.com. Yeah. And then if you go to the episodes 
tab. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go down on the on the side, and it lists pretty much every place that we we've been, and it references the webinars right. that we talk about. So if you go and check it out, um, kind of in the first time we actually talked about Paris, believe it or not, was uh, April year April fifteenth last year when Notre Dame caught fire. Mm, right? That was the first time. That was actually the first time. It was our sep- seventh episode. Um, we followed up on that. Um, then in episode 20 was when we really talked about things to do about Paris. So if you liked what you heard today, you can hear a little bit more and probably some similar stuff, but uh, I doubt we had the same things because there were so many things to talk about. But that's episode 20. And then it was hit on several times. Episode 27 when we talked about the top cities to grab a drink mm. in the world. Right. Um, episode 31 was... Uh, unique places to stay. We talk about Paris. Uh, episode 38 was when we interviewed uh, Bo. Oh, okay. Yeah, with okay. Aquachigger and mm. his adventures when he was over there. Um, episode 42 was the top five places to visit when we get to travel again <laughs> after this <laughs> right. crazy chaos. And then there's also a written blog on there um, about Paris. So there's a lot of information if you guys want to go check it yep, out. Check it out. And if there's other cities you want, we do now. Uh, we've updated our, our website, and there's a nice search feature that you mm-hmm. just type in either the country or the city, and it'll show you, even if it's the whole episode's not on, just like he mentioned a couple of things with Paris, it'll bring up wherever it's been mentioned. So it yeah, does. Or even events like Oktoberfest is on there, Northern mm-hmm. Lights, anything like that. If you do a search, you'll, you'll yep. find some of the episodes where we talk about it. So Absolutely. So a lot of good stuff there. Well, cool. So on that note about Paris, though, real quick, wrapping up. I know it's tops on my list to get back to as soon as it frees up and we can travel again. So you guys. Yeah, making? no, I'm looking forward to it. Walt's shaking his head that he wants to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric, your thoughts? Yeah, I want to go back and find that place where I had my probably one of my best meals ever. Oh, which one was that? that I, I always tried to perfect pasta carbonara. Oh, I know exactly I where know. you're talking about. I know. Right See, down you're the, the one bottom. that knows where it is. I, I don't exactly remember where it is. where it is, so my objective is to get there with you sometime so you can take me there well, because I won't remember. That sounds like I have to go. There. Right? There you go. See, that's but, how By the works. way, that is, that's up in Montmartre. It's at the bottom of the steps and then about three or four blocks. I actually tried to find it when I was there last, uh, in the Grape Harvest Festival a year ago, and I just couldn't find it. I'm like, damn! I need Tony with me. Yep, you should have had me with you. Excuse my French. There you go. That means you can't (laughs) can't ever go to Paris without me, (laughs) right? (laughs) That's a rule now. Y'all heard it. (laughs) Well, just to give you a little idea, so I had no idea it would be that good. It was just looked good, and I was I've always tried to find that dish in a good eating town because when it's done Mm -hmm. properly, it's really good. Mm -hmm. And it was it came out with a raw egg on mm-hmm. top of it, and I thought, this is going to be spectacular, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It was a good meal. That was a long time ago. That was. A, I'll never see. I'll never forget it. Wow. Well, have we not been back to Paris together since? Mm, well, if, if you had to think about it that long, then it means right. too long. It's so. too long. I agree. Right. So there we go. We, we all had trips canceled so far then yes. to Paris. We were supposed to be there for Grape Harvest Festival here in October, and that looks yeah, like it's I not was, happening. So. I was looking forward to that because I haven't done that. Yeah. So that I was I was excited, now disappointed. Uh, and part of that trip, what uh, we hadn't confirmed it, but I was looking forward to We had talked about um, spending a day in Versailles before we got into Paris. Yeah, that's and right. actually that's the right. village of Versailles, and, and then just spending seven, eight hours at, on the grounds, which I've been there, but I didn't do – that detailed and uh, and long of day mm-hmm. there, and there, I'm, I'm realizing now how much I've missed and would like to go again. Oh, well, we'll get to do it again. I like Brian's idea. I'd like to go there and maybe stay out at Versailles we, for we were like talking about three doing days. That. Yeah, actually. That would be cool. Go in, stay, stay that so evening, and then spend the whole day in Versailles, and then hang out in the village that or the town, whatever you want to refer to it as now. And then it'd feel the a little day. royal. <laughs> Oh, that's French. Sorry. Walt's Walt, Walt, Walt in on that, too. Yeah. Walt wants to go. And you know they're building a hotel on, on the Versailles grounds. I'm surprised it's taken this long. And they're gonna. it's going to be decorated in period well, Why not? Crazy. I have why no not? idea how much can that's going to cost. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine the grand opening for that? I can. Wow. Yes, I can right? Imagine. I think somehow we need to try to get there. I think we should. Hint, hint, people. All right. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap up. Um, again, check it out on friendsthatcarryon.com. And then on, of course, any place you go to listen to your um, podcast, please subscribe. Yep. No, absolutely. And go there and subscribe. We're on so many different uh, podcast channels now, whether it's Spotify, Apple, 
Um, I'm forgetting all the different yes. channels, but but They're we're there. on there, <laughs> so uh, you can definitely get us there, and uh, so you can subscribe for free, or we uh, will be coming out, and, and maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be up a new fan page that has a lot of extra benefits that right. uh, that'll be explained. So so look for the for the friends uh, fan page. Yeah, it, so it's the friends that carry on website, and what's the Friends with benefits. Friends with benefits. Yeah, I, like uh, that. I like that for a, it's fan a double page. entendre there. So uh, <laughs> don't take it the wrong way. Or hey, you no. get benefits. Yeah. That, that's what yeah. it is. So, right. Yep. So anyhow, um, hope you enjoy uh, our talk about Paris and and check us out on the website. And until uh, next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Later. Be sure to join the friends next week for another great discussion. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also find the Friends and other content at www.friendsatcarryon.com or check us out on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook by searching Friends at Carry On. Thanks again for joining us and don't forget to carry on, friends. YouTube, 